the profiteering of monopolies to take over. We allowed the over-tyrannical restrictions against the individual to be able to do things on their own levels to go and try and make money. And now we have a division between the haves and the have-nots. And that that's exactly the new financial era that they're talking about. The Chinese embassy in the United Kingdom has said that the UK's latest six monthly reports on Hong Kong interferes with Hong Kong affairs, which are China's internal affairs. They say that this before the embassy warned of the whole of UK, along with other nations, saying that the UK and these other countries must abandon their colonial mindset and respect China's sovereignty and its unity. Inflationary price changes over the last year, according to the CPI report, show fuel at 41% increase, gas utilities up 20%, transportation up 15%, electricity up 15%, food at home up 11 to 12%, food away from home up almost 10%, shelter up 8%, CPI up 6.5%, new cars up 6%. The House of Representatives have voted to ban the sale of oil to China. Now you're starting to see that division, right? Where they make hardline economic changes that take us away from that globalization mindset that even the people behind the screen could profit if they used globalization. Now they're making it so that you can't profit on certain things. China, in turn, is going to stop sending goods to America. The Federal Reserve's Bullard has said that it's difficult to see how unemployment will rise. The labor market, he says, is strong, but inflation remains extremely high even after CPI data. This was, of course, before saying that we are entering into an era, note that term used over and over again, of higher interest rates for quite some time in order to return inflation to target. And that perhaps, he says, we provided too much optimism that inflation would easily return to 2%. German soldiers are going to be stationed in Poland after this weekend. There is consent there of the Polish authorities that the stationing of German soldiers will take place inside of the country. They will come there with missile defense systems. China's commerce ministry has said the rising risk of a global recession and the continued slowdown in external demand growth are the greatest pressures on the growth of foreign trade. That goes right back to me telling you, China was going to slow down sending goods off seas. Moody's has said that Chinese uh, financial institutions are facing the bleakest future in 2023. U.S. officials are confirming that the U.S. military has already started to deploy MQ-9 Reaper drone, uh, drones to Japan. This is for maritime surveillance of the East China Sea, as well as, they say, data gathering through a bilateral group to analyze and share information with South Korea, Taiwan, and Japan. According to a few recent interviews with South Korea's president, he has stated the following, South Korea will deploy nuclear weapons at a tactical level, and it will develop its own nuclear weapons if North Korea provocations intensify. North Korea has cut off all communication with South Korea, and South Korea must enhance its uh, United States of American preparedness. Powell has said that without explicit congressional legislation, it would be inappropriate for the Federal Reserve to use monetary policy to promote a greener economy or achieve climate-based goals. 
we know that's a bold lie because you have to look at what they're doing, not what they're saying. Fitch Rating says that global corporate revenue forecasts are being lowered. They say that massive macroeconomic risks exist. Viewing data, it is easily to see what is happening in the U.S. employment market as more than a mere coincidence. Look at these layoff figures in tech and banking industries just since October, just a few months ago. Twitter laid off 75% of its employees. Apple has a hiring freeze and layoffs. Amazon laid off 18,000 and is expected to lay off another four to eight. Goldman Sachs laid off 8% of its employees, and just this morning it was released that they were laying off another couple of percentage points. Meta laid off 13%, Coinbase 20%, Intel 20%. Their plan to rise unemployment is working. Over 800,000 UK households will see their mortgage rates more than double this year. They are robbing you. Brazil's uh, probes into a collapse of transmission towers amid a wave of anti, what they call anti-democratic protests are increasing. I can't keep up with this. This is the sentiment from shoppers around the world who say the government is basically making fun of them by claiming 7% inflation in the USA when they go to the stores and things are up 30, 50, even 100%. In an article that was printed and showing a clip from local shoppers, they say that the prices of products like flour, lentils, and butter have risen more than 50%. They have receipts showing this happening. I keep getting told that we've got 6 or 7% inflation. You have to be kidding me, one person says in the clip. Inflation rates skyrocketed, reaching a peak of 9% before lowering a little bit, but not for you. I don't think you saw grocery stores taking back their prices. Collins argues that prices have increased significantly. Those can be explained by inflationary rates. Costco and other outlets refused to reply to media requests for questioning. The video in question reached over 1.5 million people. It's not inflation, it's price gouging, the user alleges. And yet corporate profits are at an all-time high. Corporate profits and price gouging, not inflation, a commenter replies. Others observe that grocery store chains have also increased their prices, making it hard for shoppers to afford usual orders. I can't keep up with this, one commenter wrote. It is so depressing. Every grocery store is out of control with prices, another says. Now, China is taking note, and it's expected to increase its timeline, speaking of international claims of war, on action against Taiwan. This is after Sweden's iron ore miner, Elcab, said just this last couple of days that it had identified significant deposits of rare earth elements that are essential for the manufacturing of electric vehicles, wind turbines, and smartphones. They're calling it the beginning of the end of China's dependency, that is European and U.S. dependency on China, for rare earth me uh, metals and materials. They say that deep underneath the ground of northern Sweden, well above the Arctic Circle, but China is downplaying these reports, saying it would take decades to basically come off of the Chinese teeth. Swedish industry minister Ebba Bush called Sweden a goldmine following this discovery. The announcement came as the EU's executive, the European Commission, put the finishing touches on a new nationalization reform. I want to get to a couple of viewer questions here. The first question is going to come to us from, uh, uh, that was
was yesterday's question, I believe. Bug bag, bub bag says the question is, what are you going to do when 100 plus starving people run up on you and they take everything? You know, throughout all of history, we haven't seen this sort of event take place. Yes, there has been angry mobs, but the angry mobs, unless agendized or politically motivated, don't go against a single person, especially a person like them. There's an understanding in mob mentality that you're either for what the mob wants or you're against it. So not standing out like a beacon is very important. I think a lot of people in the preparedness community get way too concerned about being able to defend themselves against a thousand roving gang members. And that's simply not the case. To survive a long duration emergency, you need to have skills, you need to have pre-thought out planning, you need to be able to react to unforeseen events, you need to basically be able to stay inside of your shelter or make a shelter somewhere else if you evacuate. So the concern about, you know, a thousand people, a hundred people running up on your location, you're thinking much too Mad Max three years into a worldwide cataclysmic apocalyptic society ending event. And what we have seen is that you can have civil wars, you can have nuclear events, you can have tsunamis, you can have earthquakes, you can have economic depressions, you can have all of these things and that has never taken place. So I suggest everybody gets prepared for the little things first. Tammy Craig says, hello Brad, thank you for your information and you making it available to us. I have a question. How do you think when they start disarming Americans, I think she might mean when will they start disarming Americans? I know they're trying to do it through different amendments, but if that doesn't pass, how do you think, uh, when do you think it will happen? Do you think they will go door to door? Just like to hear your thoughts. So I don't think that that will happen. It will be slow encroachment. After all, at the end of the day, it's no different. Like a person should have no second amendment inability to have a uh, fully automatic weapon, and yet we accept that as that uh, valid fact. We accept that as the same fact as you having to go pay taxes, getting your driver's license, paying for insurance on your vehicle. It's accepted because they did it slowly, and there was some hoorah-rah and some uproaring at the beginning, but it was all audible. It had no real meat behind it. And so that's what they're going to do, slow encroachment and changes. Now. That's going to make a big change here in America, in my opinion. Christy Smith says, "Hi, Brad. Just an idea. Can you expect what you would or can you cover what you would expect in the first 24 to 48 hours after a major event to refresh our mind? Well, depending on the event type, you can expect a lot of social chaos, possibly a lot of misinformation over whether the event is actually bad or not. You see, short of some protocols that they have in place for like chemical facilities going up in flames and there being general local uh, you know, air quality changes and real dangers that people need to seek shelter inside, they have no problem letting people get into massive mobs. They, don't, they have no problem letting people get into violent protests. They have no problem letting people stand around and watch. Kelly and I watched the, uh, a mostly unseen but of course has been well circulated video of what happened when the two towers, uh, the uh, excuse me, the twin towers came down. This is in the September 11th attack. And we just watched hundreds and hundreds of people standing by watching the event until it finally collapsed, sending carcinogenic, health debilitating dust into their area. And then they panicked and ran. Rather than being able to see a couple of moments into the future and say, you know what? Maybe I don't want to be this close to that big of a tragedy. They stood there and they watched. 
people will generally do this. So 24, 48 hours during a major event, those are very much still the reactionary phases and people will stand and watch even if the ship they're on is sinking, even if the building they're watching is collapsing, even if the mountain they are standing on is still at risk of a slide. So you have to just be ready to evacuate first and watch from afar. What will, it what will happen in uh, society? You'll have a lot of external viewing of an event. Look at what happened when Russia first started in Ukraine, what happened when Egypt's uh, revolution took place. We see it because of a day of modern technology. So I expect it to be well televised, at least on social media channels, and I expect people to watch far too close to the event than evacuating. That's my kind of idea. If that didn't answer your question exactly, Christy, please let me know if you wanted something more uh, specific. From my family to yours, please everyone stay safe and keep watch. This week's Full Spectrum News is of course brought to you by you. You're the reason we're here, all of our viewers. Please like this video, share it with friends, leave one comment and one reply. If you have a question, please leave the word question first. If you're interested in long-term food storage, check out NutrientSurvival.com. Use the code FSS15, and you're going to get 15% off of your order. Or check out ContingencyMedical.com for antibiotics. Use the code FSS10 to get a discount there. Most of all, the most important thing that we can do is continue to do our chores, get our prep work done, and then have fun. Chores, prep, fun, and repeat. Stay safe, everyone. We're learning that Lisa Marie Presley will be buried at Graceland in Memphis. Next, oh, brother, your humble servant, the voice of Black America, because that's all I need. The Black Authority broadcasting to you live from the only historically Black college and university of higher education and learning in the cosmos. No PhDs required. Join us. And join us you shall because on tonight's program here, I gotta tell you, I wasn't gonna say anything. I really wasn't gonna say nothing. I was just gonna leave it alone, to be totally honest with you here, because I don't truly, I gotta tell you, I'm not fully convinced that he was referring to me. And literally everybody and their mama has been, Jason, of course he's talking about you. Because Mark has never struck me as no G like that. You know, Roland's always been sassy and brassy, but Mark has always been the little weak fella hiding out in the corner. So, you know, it, it, it just doesn't strike me that he would be that kind of person. It really just doesn't. And my position is I, I, his manhood chips ain't stacked up high enough yet for that to be the case. But just in case it is, and just in case, just so I keep no stone, I leave no stone unturned, I want to make sure I go ahead and address that because even if it's not directly focused at me, there certainly is uh, some grist for the mill to go ahead and deal with this. Now, in case you all were unaware here, and um, shout out to our sister Nicole's view 
for going ahead and posting this. Oh, Mark Lamont Shill, Mark Lamont Hill got together with Michael Eric Dyson. And I think they're on the Grio or they were on the Grio or whatever the hell they think they're doing over there. I think that's where they're hanging out at now. And they decided to do a little piece so they could whine about the fact that they are no longer relevant and that nobody really cares what they have to say anymore. And that's literally what they were doing. And they were laying it at the feet of other folks, other individuals. Now, they didn't name anybody from the new black media. There's only three of us. They didn't name anybody from the new black media. However, what they did, what he did do was make some inferences. And a lot of people have made hay out of that. So basically, here's what he well, said. I am joined by Dr. Michael Eric Dice. He's been talking to us tonight about everything from religion to pop culture. Doc, I got to ask you a little bit about politics as well. Uh, we were just talking about the blogosphere and the role of social media. It seems to me that there's a whole universe out there that gets into politics from social media as well. And in that space, people like Candace Owens have become giants. In that space, we see a kind of black Republican movement. We see folk who don't believe the world is round. I mean, all this stuff operates. I mean, it seems like there's a whole other community of knowledge that didn't exist before. Is it dangerous? Oh, man, it's dangerous. You brilliantly summed it up. It's extremely dangerous. Okay, who are the people who don't believe the earth is round operating in the realm of politics? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Now, you all know I've said since the beginning of time, Michael Eric Dyson, sometimes he can be smart and other times he is just verbose. This guy never says in two words what he can say in 20 so just the, the real problem is you kind of just got to skip past him. You know, really, really just do it. It's just, it's just really, really crazy when you get started. Is that what I was hinting at when I said, like, the black Trumpism, I know that's kind of extreme and exaggerated, but it ain't really that exaggerated. Because what's happening here is that we're giving up on traditional ways of knowing the world, which were themselves already shot through with all kinds of contradictions and problems. But the difference is if you're getting your news from social media, now if social media is the delivery mechanism to download the Washington Post or the Nation or the Guardian or whatever progressive or conservative magazine you have to be reading, that's one thing where they've vetted these ideas, where journalists have been journalists and tried to look at trying to be as fair as possible. Okay, so in other words, if you don't have a subscription or rely on the old media, if you don't rely on the old print and broadcast media, in other words, the places where Michael Eric Dyson gets paid, if you're not supporting or relying on the outlets that pay Michael Eric Dyson, then Michael is telling you that somehow what you're getting is not sufficient if you're not relying on them. But you ain't got none of that kind of constraint going on uh, in the world of the blogosphere. For instance, constraint. You don't have any of that type of constraint. What he really means is control. Now, what he's going to do is give an outlandish example from somebody who is not a news outlet, not a newscaster, not a journalist, not an individual who in any way has purported themselves to be a source of reliable news and information or analysis. 
That's what he does. He says all that and then gives an example of somebody who isn't any part of that, nor claimed to be. A black woman was claiming that a white professor uh, at the University of Idaho, I think it was, was responsible for the death of those four students at the University of Idaho. Now, he could have chosen any other example possible. He could have chosen any of the clowns that we have set up here and, and, and dissected here at the Black Channel and in the New Black Media. He goes and chooses a Black woman. He is choosing a Black woman as his target to say that she was oppressing white men and to lay this as being, this is the reason why you need to go to all the traditional news outlets that pay Michael Eric Dyson. So did you all get that? He, he drags a black woman who's not a member of what we do and holds her up as his whipping post and says she was going after white men. At the University of Idaho, I think it was, was responsible uh, in the world of the blogosphere. For instance, a black woman was claiming that a white professor uh, at the University of Idaho, I think it was, was responsible for the death of those four students at the University of Idaho. And two days later, they arrested a young man who was a PhD student in criminology at the University of Washington, not 10 miles from there. Now, now we don't know, maybe this blogger has some deep inside knowledge that this professor uh, was, was involved, but the professor has now sued her saying you can't just make stuff up in the <laughs> you can't just tell people i killed four people right like okay but the thing is she claimed to be a psychic if this is the same one i'm referring to they're referring to here she claimed that's a great picture this still picture of michael eric dyson right there boy i'm telling you that that picture right there says your whole life michael bucking eyes weird and wild looking so if it's the female we're talking about here she claimed to be a psychic she didn't claim that she got information from concrete sources or research. She claimed to be a psychic. And that's the example he wants to drag out. This isn't about whether you're a blogger or not. We're talking about are you a reliable source of information for politics, for news, for a serious analysis? But she's doubling down. Oh, I know it. You won't prevail against me. So my point is, yes, it's dangerous. And that is more, that kind of extremes people go, oh, oh, we know about that. But no, it's the same thing. It's the same principle that regulates the distribution of knowledge and the assignment of the priority of what is higher or lower in the hierarchy. So none of us have ever claimed to be psychics. None of us ever said, Tune into the Black Channel because the tarot cards told me that Donald Trump was going to win the election of 2016. I never said that. People, I walked you through practically all 50 states and the outside territories, and I added them up. I gave my analysis and my focus and my observation of the various states and told you which states Donald Trump was gonna win and I specifically named why. At no point did I say that I was getting my information from, from the Zodiac. At no time did I say that. So no, this isn't even remotely related or similar to what we do. But this is how desperate Michael Eric Dyson is 
because the money is running out. That's the real problem. Michael is looking all wild and old right now, and he's talking every type of crazy there is, and he's trying to set off some sort of contagion because the money is running low. That's what him and Lamont are really over here whining about. The money ain't right no more. The money ain't right no more. They, what he's talking about 10, 15 years ago, they were the only people you could talk to. If you wanted to quote unquote hear what black folk had to say, they brought these guys on and pretended they spoke for us. Now that you can bypass them, now that you are able to bypass them, what they see is that the public, the people have elected different sources to represent their ideas. So he's like, hey, man, the money running out. So he brings up some straw man, straw woman, that is absolutely in no way related or analogous to what we do and saying some chick claiming to be a psychic is the same as the new black media. When you're putting up higher stuff, I mean, it used to be it was bad. Oh my God, they're getting their news from John Stewart. Now that looks like I wish they were, I wish John Stewart right. was there to give him. Cronkite. He's like Walter Cronkite now compared to what, we, to what we're dealing with. But does, does that frustrate you as an intellectual oh and as a professor? Because yeah. suddenly you're in the same room with someone who doesn't read books. You're who in the You can stop without saying right. Who doesn't read exactly? And, and so, the, and to the public, there's no difference. So, so on the one hand, you're put next to uh, someone who might have a PhD, say in finance, or just hypothetically, uh, who doesn't read about black folk but, but calls himself a black scholar. You know, we'll call him voice, right? And then you got the person who just Google stuff, right? Then you got the person who just makes stuff up and who's just engaged in kind of demagoguery, right? Then you got the white person pretending to be black on the internet with a fake profile. And all these people are in the same room and y'all are having a debate about whether a vaccine works. You're having a debate about, you know, the origins of civilization. You're having a debate about God saying Willie Lynch like it's 1992, right? And all this stuff is happening in a... Okay, let's get it very clear here. There is no debate. We didn't debate Michael Eric Dyson, nor would we ever do so. Now, I'm not sure who he's referring to when he says the, the white person hiding behind a profile picture. I'm not sure who that is. I don't think Mark is that stupid. I don't think he's that dumb. Could he be that petty and childish? Well, I guess, you know, financial desperation will make you do a, and say a lot of things. All right, fine. Um... But considering the fact he didn't say anything else, I'm like, eh, you, you don't strike me as manly enough to convince me that, that you're talking about me. But let's just go ahead and say that he is. Let's just approach it from that standpoint. Go back and listen to the first thing he said. Boy, some of these pictures they got on here, these guys, boy, I'm telling you, every one of them is meme worthy and poster worthy. And yeah, so just hypothetically, uh, who doesn't read about black folk but, but calls himself a black scholar, you know, we'll call him voice, right? And then you got the person you can stop without saying right, that. who doesn't read, exactly. And, and so, the, and to the public oh, no, and, and as a professor, because looks like, I wish they were, I wish John Stewart right. was there to give him Cronkite. He's like Walter Cronkite now compared to what, we, to what we're dealing with. But does, does that frustrate you as an intellectual oh my God. and as a professor? Okay, so both of these guys are 
supposed to be academics. You know, does that frustrate you as an intellectual? Let's be very, very clear. The black politic is screwed up today because we turned over control from grassroots activists and leaders who put blood and life on the line, people who lived among the people that they were trying to help. We took control away from the Malcolms and the Martins and the Medgars and turned it over to the Bell Hooks. Individuals who wanted to be celebrities, individuals from academia, you see white society christened them. They went on a crusade of over 20 years to christen a new group of leaders that come from institutions that they control. Malcolm came from the soil. You couldn't control that. Malcolm came from the soil. You could not control that. Dr. King came from the soil. You could not control that. Mega Evers came from the soil. You could not control that. Huey Newton, Eldridge Cleaver, Bobby Seale, H. Rap Brown, Fred Hampton, they came from the soil. You could not control that. So there's the real issue that these guys got is that our leadership came from the soil. These guys got christened by white institutions and white media corporations, and you did not come from the soil. And that's what we got screwed up at is when we started letting so-called academics start speaking for us. When academics were christened by white institutions to speak for us, the the so-called intellectuals. You see, we had to be warned about that. Yes, I'm going to say it. We had to be warned about that all the way back to W.E.B. Du Bois. I said it. I said it. W.E.B. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington. We've always had this issue where white society, as you know, with Margaret Sanger and the eugenics movement, they always look at, can we find somebody who we got our hooks in them? But someone who's vetted, that means somebody who came through one of our institutions or comes from that domain or that culture of our institutions. The intellectual, the person who intellectualizes about racism and sees it not just as a color issue, but a class issue. That's how you can sit your big bobbly ass next to Bill Maher and be yucking it up about whether they're racist or not. You see, the intellectuals who get some crumbs flicked off the table by these folks, they can afford to do that kind of fork tongue talk. Those of us who come from the soil, we can't move like that. We can't move like that. So Mark is starting off on a bad foot. But, you know, as an intellectual, you intellectuals are the ones who screwed everything up. You intellectuals are the ones who messed everything up. We need intelligence, not intelligentsia. We need intelligence, not intelligentsia. Right now, we just need common sense to go to work. We don't need some bona fide, bone-eating, champagne-slurping, uh, cocktail-partying, spin-dancing, might spin mice to come up here and tell all of us that they've intellectualized their way around racism and white supremacy and that they've got some new way of presenting it to us. So, no, we've thrown the intellectuals overboard.
If you all agree with me tonight, give me the fire emoji in the chat room and hit the likes button. It's over 3,500 of you in here tonight. Give me the fire emoji if you agree with what I'm saying and hit the likes button. Let's let everybody know that you're on board with it. There's over 3,500 people tonight. Stand up. In the meantime, I want to thank everyone who has contributed to support tonight's program here on PayPal, Cash App, Super Chats, and Tom Slick. Thank you very much, Brenda Starr. I appreciate that. My man, Tommy Felix, the best vaccine we all need is a shot of the B1 media, unapologetic, uncompromising B1 truth. Absolutely. Your academics were telling everybody to sit up here and get poked on and whatnot. Now they're all running for cover. I'm going to touch on that before we leave. I'm going to touch on that in a minute here. These guys were telling all of us what we needed to do. Now they're sitting up here saying something totally different now. Everybody wants to run from it. Everybody wants to run from it now. They don't want to stand by their words. Don't worry, we're going to give them a little bit of help standing by it tonight. You're not going to be able to run quite as quick or as fast or as hard as you thought you were going to be able to. Now back to... uh. Mark Lane on Hill. Because suddenly you're in the same room with someone who doesn't read books. You're in. When has Michael Eric Dyson been in the same room with anything other than their boule, bootlick, handpicked, handkerchief headed, cocktail party circuit riding Negroes? When's he been in the same room with the people? When has Michael Eric Dyson ever been in the same room with the people? When has he been with the soil? Because so far we've been looking and can't find it. When has Michael Eric Dyson gotten his credentials to be among the soil? How? Where are the rank and file ordinary black folk that Michael Eric Dyson holds court with? I've been doing it from this microphone for over a decade, going on a decade and a half now. When has Michael Eric Dyson ever done that? They put up walls between themselves and the people. I've made us more accessible than ever. These guys, your intellectuals and academics, they put up walls. I take calls from anybody and everybody who wants to call in every week. These two dumbasses could do so if they wanted to. These guys put up walls between you and them. So that segregation and separation that they instituted, now they're crying and complaining because they, they are separated from the people and those of us who touch and put hands on the people, who speak and converse among the people, now the people, we got the people's ear. They're complaining. Why don't you all just let us have a one-way conversation? Ain't gonna work. You can stop without saying right. Who doesn't right. Exactly. And, and, so the, and to the public, there's no difference. So, so on the one hand, you're put next to uh, some... To the public, there is a difference, Mark. He's acting like nobody can see what the difference is. No, the public is tired of you hand-picked political puppets. They know that you are paid operatives and that you will say anything and everything. You'll turn on a dime. Whatever those white folk pay you to say, that's what you say. So no, the public does know the difference. And, so the, and to the public, there's no difference. So, so on the one hand, you're put next to uh, someone who might have a PhD, say in finance, or just hypothetically, uh, who doesn't read about black folk but, but calls himself a black scholar. You know, we'll call him voice, right? And then 
You got the person who just Google stuff, right? Then you got the person who just makes stuff up and who's just engaged in kind of demagoguery, right? Then you got the white person pretending to be black on the internet with a fake profile. And all these people are in the same room and y'all are having a debate about whether a vaccine works. You're having a debate about, you know, the origins of civilization. You're having a debate about God said Willie Lynch, like it's 1992, right? And all this stuff is happening in a space and people can't tell the difference between you and them. You wouldn't be sitting here whining right now if people couldn't tell the difference between the two. Mark Lamont Schill, you would not be sitting here right now complaining if you were so confident that people couldn't make a distinction between the two. If you truly felt that people could not make a distinction between the two, you'd be doing a lot less complaining. Your problem is that people are making a very clear distinction between the two. That's the problem. That's the issue. Now, let me explain to you all what, where, where their real consternation is coming from here. I explained this to some of my folks on my other broadcast earlier today. I explained it to them here earlier today. And the issue is, y'all got to understand, there is a difference between being well-known and well-paid. Let's be very clear about that. You all need to understand, there is a difference between being well-known and well-paid. The old media has perfected the art of giving the impression that if you are well-known, you are also well-paid. That's what they've done. They tried to convince everybody that if you can get on cable TV, it gives the impression that because you're well seen, that you are also well paid. And that's not true. Y'all need to understand for these cable TV commentator gigs, they don't pay nothing for that. That's not that's not a wealth product unless you used to work at the White House or unless you used to be you know, an advisor or, or a former congressman or senator, you don't get paid for that. I mean, you don't get paid no real money for that. Now, but these Negroes got to go get it because there isn't anything else that pays them. Folks, listen to me. This is the boat that folks with PhDs like Mark Lamont Hill and Michael Eric Dyson find themselves in. Listen to me, people. These academics, so-called academics, don't make any money. They don't make no money. People, you don't get rich being an academic of philosophy or liberal arts or social studies. You don't get rich doing that. Show me, how, a bunch of y'all been to college. How many of your damn professors were millionaires? Some of you were students in the class, and if you got close enough to getting your degree or if you had a master's degree, you were able to teach the damn classes yourself, and you ain't nothing but a student. Come on now. How many people sit up here and get rich being a college professor? There's a bunch of you who've been to college. How many of your, how many of your college professors with PhDs were rich, was balling like that? Come on now. Think this over. Think it over. 
You haven't seen uh, folks, all the folks who want to be rich, they do what? They go into finance, they go into tech. Who are the people who want to be rich and they go into, uh, who are the people who want to be rich and they go into academia? Come on, man. These folks ain't got no money like that. They, they got to get in where they fit in. That's what it is. So they got PhDs, but the, the money ain't right. The, that's why these cable news gigs are so damn important to them. They'll sit up here and kill all of us over a ca cable TV news gig because that's what they need. They're trying to parlay these cable news appearances into something else. That's the grift. That's the hustle. If I show up on CNN enough, hopefully I can get paid somewhere else. Correct, Colossus. John Henry Clark said, Dr. John Henry Clark said it also. He's been saying it for years, and he should have known. These folks ain't balling like that. They make their money convincing white people that they represent all of us. That's what they make their money at. Sound familiar? Sound like somebody else we all know? That they make their money convincing white people. No, 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 now, if you pay me, I can convince all these Negroes to do it your way. Hey, Jeff Bezos. If Amazon would throw some money my way, I can make it happen for you. So just understand that that's what these folks do. What they do is they go into rooms with white people and say, look, if you want to get that black audience on board, you got to pay me. And so they get on, you know, Bill Maher or CNN or whatever, and then tell you, hey, Watch this. What they're upset with all of us over is that we came in and we busted up the hustle. We came in and busted up the hustle. So ever since, these guys have been desperate to try to find a new gig to get. Jason, you, how you know you right? People, we've been documenting them for years. Question, do you all remember that both of these guys tried to get their own television shows? Mic drop. Has anybody forgotten about that? Have y'all forgotten that not one, both of these dudes been trying to get to take a television show and remember an, an actual TV show, remember Mark Lamont Hill? had a TV, was trying to get a TV. It was one of those TV shows. I don't know if it was hip hop or Real Housewives or whatever. Remember Mark Lamont Hill was trying to be a host on that? I think they had Umar Johnson show up trying to counsel the women on what they needed to do. That's Mark Lamont Hill, remember? Remember? He, and that wasn't the only one. Remember, he's tried to get, what, like two or three shows now? It ain't just one. He's tried to get two or three shows so far. He stays at it. We say love and hip hop. Mark Lamont Hill was trying that. 
that wasn't the only one. I forget the other one, but Marcus tried to hustle his way onto a few shows now. Remember, Michael Eric Dyson was supposed to be getting a show. What was that on MSNBC? Wasn't he supposed to be part of an ensemble cast or something on MSNBC? Remember, he was supposed to be getting that. Remember, wasn't he supposed to be getting You got to understand here, they're mad. And what they're mad about is that I don't have a PhD. I'll tell you all that. Jason Black does not have a PhD. I have debated PhDs on my program. Shout out Sheena Howard. And showed the world in real time that I'm smarter than they are. Folks, a degree does not make you smart. It really, really doesn't. Anyone who's been to college knows you have a bunch of your classmates who got degrees, and you like, this is about the dumbest son bastard over here. Anybody who's been to college, you got classmates who walked across the stage with you to pick up their degree, and you like, Lord, I hope this dumb bastard who took engineering, I hope his ass doesn't design a building I'm ever in. That son of a gun's gonna fall right the hell over. Lord, she's getting a degree in psychology. That heifer needs to be on a couch. She doesn't need to be talking to people on one. She's been on the couch a damn self. So come on now. Acting as if a PhD has somehow filtered out the riffraff and the idiots. Hell, David Duke is a doctor now. David Duke has a PhD. David Duke's got one. Richard Spencer has a master's because um, I interviewed him. Uh, he's got a master's I know of. I don't know if he ever went and got his PhD. I know for certain he has a master's. That that that's what qualifies him. So no, what they're what they're trying to do is a shaming tactic. These people have not gone through academia and been vetted by the powers that be for reliability and and all that garbage. So what he's saying is. He put all of that time and effort and work into acquiring a degree, and the general public has shown him we don't give a damn about your degree. You better believe he's salty about that. You better believe both these dudes are salty about that. See, that PhD was supposed to shut down all conversation. That PhD was supposed to be the trump card. You throw it out there on the table, there it is. Trump card. And what they found out is that you have a more intelligent, enlightened, informed population that's asking questions that you didn't really want them to ask. They're asking questions you really didn't want them to ask. And you're not supposed to be doing that. You're supposed to just accept whatever the hell they tell you. But you're asking questions that they didn't expect you to ask. And case in point, talking about people getting degrees, you're talking about people having degrees, and about who people are listening to or not listening to. These folk here understand that. Case in point, if you remember, 
they bring out their representatives, and we're supposed to all be all impressed over here, and we're not. Come to him in a moment. I posted this up today. You want to talk about vaccines? Guess what? Guess what's coming over Reuters? This is not Jason Black. This is coming over Reuters. This is Reuters saying that the US FDA and CDC see early signal of the Pfizer COVID shot is the updated one. The updated one. They said it links to stroke. This is from Reuters. So it's not a bunch of things we've been saying for years. It's not a bunch of wild-eyed conspiracy theorists. They claim we were all wild-eyed conspiracy theorists. What about now? What about now? Now that it's two years later and folks are having sudden cardiac arrest all over the damn place, young people with sudden cardiac arrest all over the damn place, Folks are asking more questions, and now they're slowly conceding to exactly what we've been saying the entire time, which is that these things have been put out and are not being properly tested for safety and efficacy. A vaccine that gives you a stroke? What the hell kind of vaccine gives you a stroke? What did you mix this up with, Kool-Aid? What kind of vaccine does that? Well, you see, you got them arguing with people over whether vaccines work or not. No, we're, we're arguing over whether or not a vaccine should give you a stroke or heart inflammation or blood clots or an aneurysm or sudden cardiac arrest. We're questioning whether or not a vaccine should be able to do that. Because we've all known about MMRs for decades. Folks, MMRs would not, that, that, those vaccines would not be out here now if we didn't have proof that they didn't sit up here and give you strokes and heart attacks and sudden cardiac arrest. What's so different about this new one? Well, it needed to be hurried up and gotten out there so Anthony Fauci and his friends can get the bag. But they don't want to explain why it is that a vetted, legitimate vaccine should give somebody a stroke or sudden cardiac arrest. They don't want to explain that. So they're upset and mad because, yeah, there are some folks out here who are not going to deny the evidence sitting in front of their eyes. Y'all need to understand something. Mark Lamont Hill does not give a damn who gives the bag as long as you give him the bag. As long as you pay him, understand something. These are academic mercenaries. I want you all to understand that. These are academic mercenaries. They belong to the highest bidder. Whoever cuts the biggest check, that's the position that they go out and, and defend. But don't be deceived, these are academic mercenaries. And their issue is that we are neither academics nor mercenaries. We represent the people. We represent the people. So Mark, you need to spend a lot less time worrying about people's avatars 
and a lot more time worrying about the fact that you have lost your credibility and influence. And if you think taking shots at us is going to claw it back, go ahead and try that. Roland been doing that for years. And as I played for you all just last month, he's begging people, just literally out there begging, hey, can y'all send me $100,000? Things are going so well that he's got to beg for money. See, the issue is they got all the data, they got all the information, and what's supposed to happen is these elections don't turn on what they say. They get paid by white people by convincing white folk that if you pay us, the elections will turn on what we say. And everybody's got the information now that, um, yeah, it doesn't turn on what Mark Lamont Hill says or Michael Eric Dyson. It doesn't turn on that. Nobody is sitting around waiting for him to give them their information. Nobody's sitting around waiting for them to do that. Nobody's sitting around waiting for Michael Eric Dyson or Mark Lamont Hill to explain to them what needs to be done. Nobody's doing that. And what they understand is that if they cannot convince their white benefactors that they've got the ear of black society and black people in general, then that's it. They're dead ducks. The money is gone. What little money there was, the money is gone. That's it. Mark might want to go see if they hiring the five guys. Because the money's going to run out. He can already see if you don't, if you can't convince these white people that you have sway and influence among black people, and that's the only thing they're going to bring you around for is to talk to black people. If you can't convince them that you have influence among us, that's it. Ain't nobody coming your way. Van Jones better enjoy that hundred million dollars because that's the last check he going to get because he has summarily failed to be able to produce any results. He has summarily failed. Completely. Now, I didn't really want to get into this, to be totally honest with you here. I really didn't want to get into this, but I couldn't help but notice. I'm just saying, is it just me? Mark is looking gray and thin. He's not filling out this shirt. I'm not trying to be disparaging or anything, but I hope he's okay. But Mark is looking kind of... Thin, isn't he? Is it just, I mean, he's going all gray, like all of a sudden? He's going gray and he's looking thin around the neck? You know, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, Mark. You might want to take some time off or something. Something's going on. I don't know. But is, is it just me? If it's just me, let me know if it's just me. But it, Mark is, is looking kind of, starting to look kind of scrawny, so... Mark, make sure you're taking care of yourself so you can buck dance properly. I don't know. Make sure you're eating right and everything so you can buck dance properly. I wouldn't want you to wouldn't want you to miss that. But yeah, old Mark is starting to go all gray and looking all like Fred Sanford and just all at once. It's like, whoa, hold on now. Come on now. But definitely, like I say, the academics are in trouble. They're trying their best to be relevant. They're trying their best to be relevant. Old Mark. Old Mark is either stressing or whatever in the world is going on. I don't know what's happening. 
but they're having a rough time out here right now. Things are not going as easy for them as they thought it was going to be. And I got to tell you guys, it's only going to get rougher from here. It is only going to get rougher. We're going to take a very brief commercial, non-commercial break. When we come back, oh, Drunk Uncle Lightfoot, the Congressional Black Caucus, we got a bunch we're going to cover here tonight, so you all need to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I want to thank everyone, everyone, and I mean everybody who has contributed to support tonight's program here. Big shout out to Iron Man 245 in the Super Chat. Thank you very much. Joe Hunter, Andre Mobley, ain't seen you in a minute. RCD and everyone else who has contributed to support the program. Rashawn Graham, thank you. I see all of y'all there in the Super Chat. Appreciate all of you for doing that. We're going to take a very brief commercial, non-commercial break. When we come back, this and more, this is The Black Channel. But how did we get it? How do we navigate issues we face in the workplace? How can we get in our household? The concept of intricacies of being black and IT, now on Amazon, as well as the best-selling guide to being black and IT. Being black and IT.com. Our recruiting and consulting specializes in direct placement. If your company is looking to hire top talent, or if you are looking to start a new career, our network of professional recruiters can help. We provide recruiting, LinkedIn lead generation, access to our professional network, paid job postings, interviewing, and more. Check out our specialized services, information technology recruiting, STEM career consulting, sales recruiting, hiring process consulting for your business, resume writing, LinkedIn profile consultation. Follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn and get hired with us. star creator of poetry with a purpose and author of the book press but not crushed press but not crush is an anthology of political poems that address current and historical issues in american descendants of slave population and african-american population the book describes slavery and its residuals jim crow segregation social depredation and other relevant issues to American descendants of slaves and African-Americans, including the current political climate that does not address our issues. This is the Black Channel. I am your host, your brother, your humble servant, the Black Authority. Very glad to be with you all here this evening. And we're going to touch on a couple of things here because we want to make sure you remain fully informed about this. And one in particular here, if you want to know the reason why they panicking over there in the old media, it's because some of the shenanigans that used to work don't work anymore. This is a story I posted a couple days ago here. Old drunk Uncle Lightfoot, y'all. Chicago is probably the most corrupt city I've ever been in. I'm not dissing Chicago. You know, you know the rep. And I'm from Louisiana. 
And I have never been in a city in Louisiana that was so openly, brazenly corrupt as Chicago. Al Capone would fit in today, probably better than he did back in 1920. All he needs to do is start an internet startup and he can get it rolling all over again. But as you can see from the headline, old Uncle Lightfoot is up for a re-election here, I think, in the spring. And the headline, Chicago mayor faces backlash for asking students to work on campaign for credit. Now, listen to what she came up here. This is from The Guardian, Gloria Aladipo. Chicago's Mayor Lori Lightfoot is facing criticism after her office attempted to recruit students with school credit to help with her re-election campaign. Emails encouraging students to volunteer were sent to several Chicago public school teachers' work emails from Megan Crane, who identifies herself as Lightfoot's deputy campaign manager on LinkedIn. According to screenshots that circulated on social media late on Wednesday, Lightfoot's office asked teachers to encourage their students to submit their resumes for an externship program for those, quote, interested in, poli in campaign politics and eager to gain experience in the field. Those who join the externship would be expected to contribute 12 hours a week in exchange for, quote, class credit, WTTW first reported. Now get this next paragraph here. The email further elaborated that Lightfoot's office was seeking, quote now, enthusiastic, curious, and hardworking young people eager to help Mayor Lightfoot win this spring, end quote. That's a quote from the email that they're looking for enthusiastic, curious, and hardworking young people eager to help Mayor Lightfoot win this spring. Man, look here, Chicago ain't even shamed about this. It's just on and going. It's just on and going now. Since then, they claim that, oh, well, they, they, they have since rescinded that since it came, since the, they got outed by the media. But this is what the Democrats and Lori Lightfoot are up there doing and whatnot. So no wonder Mark Lamont Schill is feeling the heat right now. They're supposed to be able to pave this kind of thing over and get folks to not care. In the chat room, you're correct. Curious? What you want them to be curious about, Lori? You trying to groom something? You want them to be curious about what exactly? What's there to be curious about in politics, ma'am? What, what, what do you want to be curious about? Moving along here, uh, last week my man John called in. John is pretty good about calling up to C-SPAN when your black folk get up there doing things they shouldn't be doing. So in any case here, this is one of the representatives from the Congressional Black Caucus, uh, Stephen Horsford of the Democrat in Nevada. And he was on C-SPAN and our man, John, he called up and asked him about reparations specifically for the descendants of American slaves, specifically for descendants of American slaves. Interesting answer to say the least. To Temple Hills, Maryland. Good morning to John on the independent line. Oh, good morning, Representative Horsford. 
Um, I, you, um, do you support reparations for black people? I'm talking about descendants of American slavery, not just as a one-off cash payment, but on a continuous basis, similar to that of the state of Israel. And the reason why I said specifically for descendants of former slaves is because Elon Musk and Sharice Duran, they can be count themselves as African American too. So these people, I'm, people I'm talking about for reparations have a distinct lineage. And do you support reparations for black people, descendants of American slaves, on a continuous basis rather than as a one-off? Certain continuous like the state of Israel. I'll listen to your answer. Okay, John. Thank you, John. It's a very important issue and the Congressional Black Caucus has taken the position um, to support uh, a form of reparations. It's being led by Representative Sheila Jackson Lee from. Okay, now, did you hear that? You see, this is what we face every time. This is what we face. You heard what he said? Absolutely. The position of the Congressional Black Caucus is that we support a form of reparations as promoted by Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. You got that? He didn't say he supports reparations. He said we support a form of reparations as presented by Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. But Sheila Jackson Lee is not offering reparations. She's offering a reparation study. She's not offering any form of reparations. She's offering a reparation study. But this guy just sat up here big as daylight and tried to give the impression that there's some form of reparations in their quote unquote study. And do you support reparations for black people, descendants of American slaves on a continuous basis rather than as a one-off? Certain continuous like the state of Israel. I'll listen to your answer. Okay, John. Thank you, John. It's a very important issue and the Congressional Black Caucus has taken the position um, to support uh, a form of repar reparations. It's being led by Representative Sheila Jackson Lee from Texas. Uh, there is legislation that was drafted uh, last Congress and will work uh, to advance at this Congress. But I really want to address the uh, context of your question, and that is the historic uh, issues around slavery, Jim Crow, Reconstruction, up to and including mass incarceration. Now, did you see how he spun off of that? We supported it as presented by Sheila Jackson Lee, and I was presented in the last Congress, so definitely we want to see that promoted again. But I really want to discuss. Uh, did you see how that's how he spun off of that? Um, to support uh, a form of repar reparations, it's being led by Representative Sheila Jackson Lee from Texas. Uh, there is legislation that was drafted uh, last Congress, and will work uh, to advance at this Congress. But I really want to address the uh, context of your question, and that is the historic uh, issues around slavery, Jim Crow, Reconstruction, up to and including mass incarceration of Black people even today. Uh, I was recently in uh, um, Montgomery, Alabama, meeting with Brian Stevenson at the Legacy Museum there. Um, and to really uh, fully appreciate the impact that slavery uh, played in our country and how it literally took away black wealth. Um, and uh, many of the major corporations that exist today from insurance to railroads to healthcare profited because of 
uh, slavery that existed. And I know a lot of people will say, well, I didn't participate in that. I didn't do that. So why am I going to be held accountable for it? It's not about that. It's about acknowledging the wrong, ensuring that it never happens again, and investing in the communities, particularly black communities, uh, that never were able to realize their full potential because of the stain of slavery that was uh, a continue the state of Israel people even today. Uh, I was recently in the uh, context of your question, and that is the historic uh, issues around slavery, Jim Crow, Reconstruction, up to and including mass incarceration of black people even today. People, do you realize the answer that he gave? In the chat room, you said his mom is from Trinidad. I think that's worth investigating if Representative Hartsford's folks are from the Caribbean. Did you hear that last part? Because you got to understand, these folks are now ready. Ever since we went in on James Clyburn and we crashed the fish fry, ever since we did that, they are on super high alert. You see, old Mark Lamont Schill couldn't prevent that from happening. They are on super high alert now that they understand everywhere they go, if there's an open microphone, somebody is asking about reparations and specifically for the descendants of American slaves, they're asking about reparations specifically for us. So what they've all done now is they've got that sentence that we all knew was coming, which means that whenever you talk to these folks, everybody listen to me, you have to update your phraseology. You know they're going to try to say H.R. 40. What you need to say is, do you support reparations for the citizens of American slaves? And not that phony H.R. 40, because that's a study. We don't want a study of reparations. There's nothing to study. Do you support reparations, not a study for reparations? You all need to, everybody needs to know, hey, everybody's got to get on code about this. You already know they're going to try to say HR 40, cut them off at the pass. Not, you let them know, not HR 40, because we know that's bogus. That's just a study of reparations. We want a reparations, not us. Do you support reparations, not a study? Not a study. Now, the other thing is, you heard what he said about how these things affect black Americans. From Texas, uh, there is legislation that was drafted uh, last mass incarceration of black people, even today. Uh, I mass incarceration of black people, even today. He was not asked about black people. So you know if he specifically spun off of what was originally said and then leads you off into something that culminates in, well, all these things affect black people. They're setting, he's trying to set the groundwork. Recognize what's going on there. He's trying to set the groundwork for this is bigger than the descendants of slaves. Just recognize that he's already doing it. He's already moving into position to make that the argument, to make that what he's focusing on. That's what he's trying to do. Let's go ahead and focus on that instead. Let's talk about that instead, because you see that goes from, what will happen is that will morph from being just a incidental comment that he makes along the way 
to when they get on the floor of legislation and start discussing it, all of a sudden that becomes back. You start hearing that black people, black people, black people, black people again. You start hearing that again. That's something I want you all to start recognizing and seeing. We can no longer just get in and ask questions. We got to pre be preemptive. We have to be preemptive. You already know they're going to try to pivot to that phony, bogus-ass HR 40. You need to let them know. We know HR 40 is bogus. We know that's just a study of reparations. That is not reparations. When are you going to support reparations, not a study of it? Because you didn't need to study the Ukraine. You didn't need to study the Afghans. You didn't need to study the illegals from Mexico. You didn't have to study any of them. When are you going to stop with this bogus HR 40 study and get to reparations? At this point right now, you all should have it down pat. So if you're going to get into these places, going forward, the format is cut them off at the pass. You know they're going to try to go to HR 40, call them out before they can even say it and say, no, not HR 40. We know that's a con job. You all keep throwing out their deflect. We're not going for it. We're not going for it. Be on top of that. That's where everybody needs to be and everybody needs to be on code about that going forward. We're not falling for anything else. You see, that's what's upsetting the academics of the old black media, you see, because they don't want reparations. Most of them don't qualify for it. But furthermore, they don't want reparations for the masses. You see, those are the hand-picked Negroes. They've been living large and eating fat off the land. They don't want us as a group being elevated because they... Take a look at how their power and influence has been severely diluted, and that's before we got anything. Can you imagine what happens if a full package is sent out? So their job is to distract us and tell us we don't need anything. That's why they get paid. You see, if they were actually in favor of reparations, they wouldn't let them on TV in the first damn place. Byron Allen doesn't want to see come down the street in Charlottesville. I was there. He wasn't. He wouldn't come down the street in Charlottesville. I was there. He wasn't. In Atlanta, Tariq was there. Mark Lamont and Michael Eric weren't. In um, uh, in Newton, Georgia, I got it on video. I was there. They weren't. Unite the Right to D.C. I was there. They weren't. So you can't have this steady, consistent track record of being a wall and convince people that your ability to pontificate about it way later is somehow legitimacy. It's not. The bottom line is all these armchair activists and armchair academics trying to tell us, well, my PhD makes me exempt. Let me tell you, brother, this you getting drafted. There is no exemption from the draft. There is no exemption from this draft. You either serve or you didn't. Don't sit up here and think you're going to draft Dodge and then you're going to show back up a two or three weeks later. Now the heat's off. Ooh, they got the folks out the streets. Well, you know, I'd like to tell you what I think of that right there. No, you got to come serve. You got to come serve. Hey, could, could I ask you one more question? Go ahead. Is, is, there a, is there a way, is there a way at all 
that they could ever redeem themselves. Yeah, they could stop at all at this point. Yeah, but it would take a lot of time. Because the fact is that they would have to outweigh what they've done. So is it possible? I suppose it is. But they would literally have to turn on all the folk they've been supporting. They'd have to get up in their faces and talk to them and push back like us. And they would have to do it for an extended period of time. In other words, they would have to turn themselves into pariahs among the very people that they've ingratiated themselves with for so long. That's what would have to happen. And then there's going to be this long period where ain't nobody really fooling with them. And that's where you're going to find out whether this is genuine or not. You see, when you're in a situation where you're not getting any rewards, where it's all heat, now we're going to find out what you really believe. And if it's fake, you're going to go scrambling for what you really want if you all you want is benefits. But if this is something you really truly believe in your heart of hearts, and this is what you're with, and this is the hill you're literally willing to die on, then that's going to show from what you do. So that would be the only thing they could do. I just don't see it happening. Thank you very much for giving us a call here tonight. I want to thank everyone who has contributed to support tonight's program here on PayPal, Cash App, Super Chat. So, uh, Stephanie Ogwin, thank you very much. I hope I got this. Stephanie Ogwin, thank you very much for your support in the Super Chat. B1, we appreciate that. Thank you very much for that. Mr. Saunders, I see you. Keith B, Mark D, Chadwick, Najee Delcina. Thank you very much for your support. Let me get caller from area code 832. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? What's going on? Jared from Houston, Texas. Okay, Jared from Houston, what's on your mind? So I just want to ask a question because we look at Martha Margiel. Now, this is a guy that's a professor in media studies and urban studies, but he's been on shows and show after show, like the Black News Channel, they fail with him on there. Can we say that he has no merits for the the profession that he teaches? Absolutely. He, he is proof. He is proof and confirmation that having a degree is useless. <laughs> he has spent his entire life right. studying this in theory, but never putting it into practice in the real world. So he has demonstrated that he doesn't have any authority on which to speak. And this is why we said we're getting the academics up out of here, because the same guy who's gone to school and is a professor of media studies and has failed at media, is now telling us that he also wants to advise us. A guy who's failed at media tells us he wants to advise us about how to win in politics. That's the problem. He can't succeed in what he's got a degree in, but he wants to tell us, by the way, I'm freelancing over here about politics. Y'all really need to listen to me. Dude, you don't have any wins where you are. So down here on the street, you got to understand, his, his degree doesn't have any weight on the street. His degree doesn't have any sway on the street because everybody's like, okay, get past that degree. What have you built? Well, I mean, you know, you see, it could be, I mean, like, at that point, the streets ain't listening. And that's the way it should be. Your degree is supposed to be a prelude to your results. These are people who don't have any results. Why is the degree so important? Because what's supposed to happen is they're supposed to wrangle you off into an arena where results don't matter. Well, Jason, where do results not matter? Well, if they can get you on a stage at some college, then they'll bring out Michael and Mark and, 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 and the rest of the Temptations and sit up here and tell you, they'll sit up here and rattle off their degrees and then sit up here and say, okay, and, and here's this dude from uh, Alabama, and uh, yeah, he's a podcast host. And that's supposed to win the debate before you even get started. 
You see what I mean? So that's a place where results aren't supposed to matter. Now you're academics. Now we busted everybody down, and now you're on the same level as the academics with no results. Yeah, let me say this too. Like, I graduated college in 2019 with a degree in finance, and through my time there, I have never in my life heard of a, a, a professor of media studies in urban urban media. So that was very, I was very surprising to me. They, they just give make up titles. Yeah, they make, make up titles. They make up titles. Create a curriculum for any subject you can imagine. Anything. Nobody told you it was going to pay anything. There's the catch. Nobody told you it was going to pay anything. But they can create a degree program for any endeavor you can imagine. Anything from video games to bubblegum shooting. They sure can. Caller from area code 701, you're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Kevin Jackson calling from North Dakota, Carrington. All right, Kevin from Carrington, what's on your mind? You know what? I'm, I'm sick of these white Jesus loving, boule, forgiving, turny of a cheek ass nigga. They're fucking disgrace. What black empowerment supposed to be about? They're a fucking disgrace to our ancestors. They're a fucking disgrace to Malcolm X, Fred Hampton, Martin Luther King. Yeah, Martin Luther King was a Christian, but he still is a fucking. And I don't give a damn what he did. They say he did in his personal life. He gave his life for us. But like they say in the Green Mile, he grew with the house now. We ain't gonna let nobody disrespect his name, disrespect his legacy. Let's see if TG Snakes or Crypto Dollar will do the same thing. No, their job is to surround and despise people. Thank you very much for giving us a call tonight here. Just understand, folks, Professor Black Truth did a very good expose on that years ago. If J. Edgar Hoover had proof on Dr. King, he would have released that decades ago. This is one of those things that's intended to be something that just it becomes an urban myth and an urban legend. And they just keep throwing it around and circulating. And it's for the purposes of being, they know it's a lie. Just You're dealing with government agencies who specialize in disinformation. You're dealing with government agencies that specialize in disinformation and they have no scruples whatsoever. So they started, they didn't have any goods on it. They didn't have any proof. So they started a rumor. I want y'all to understand that they didn't have any goods. They didn't have any proof. So they started a rumor. We don't have anything to get him on. So start a rumor. It, it's a rumor that nobody is allowing themselves to be held accountable for. It's just, oh, well, you know, they say, wait a minute. Who is the they? Oh, well, there's a rumor that the CIA and the FBI knew. Where's their proof? Why haven't they presented it in all these decades? If J. Edgar Hoover had it, he would have, when they had the goods on Elijah Muhammad, they put that out. 
folks, when they had the goods on Elijah Muhammad, when they had it on Malcolm X, they put that out. What no, it didn't matter what your religious beliefs were. They were like, hey, his religious beliefs is age is negotiable. So when they had the goods on these other people, they didn't hold nothing back. If you were gay, Bayard Rustin, they didn't hold nothing back. Y'all want us to believe that Dr. King was some sort of exception? They gunned the man down in cold blood. They gunned him down in cold blood. But you're telling me that J. Edgar Hoover was protecting him? Hell no. He didn't have any goods on him, so let's start a rumor. And as soon as we resurrected Malcolm X's image, they want to start a rumor on him too. No proof, no facts. Well, you know, he because they know in the internet age, unfortunately, there's a bunch of mama's boys and stiff girls out here who love rumor mongering. And you have individuals who have failed to qualify in blackness and, of course, a league of non-descendants of slaves who are sitting up here and everything's a game and a joke to them to destabilize us. So they know that they have a potent rumor mill that they've been able to employ for the purposes of circulating rumors with nobody asking the question, wait a minute, where's your proof? Proof or it didn't happen. And everybody loves to sound like they found some secret knowledge that nobody else has. But the reality is, when you think about it, this sounds like a CIA psyop. You got a rumor, but no proof. And there's never been any. It's just, well, you know there was a rumor. Okay, what, where's your proof? Y'all sure did throw it out there for Elijah Muhammad. Where's the proof? Well, you know, it's just, we, we lost it in some files somewhere. The files are in Trump's house or Biden's house. Which files? The ones in Trump's house or the ones in Biden's house? Call it Miracle 708. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello, this is Cameron from Wabash, Illinois. Okay, Cameron sounds like he has something in his mouth, brother. Do you need to call us back later? Um, yeah, never time. Okay. Cameron sounds like he has a mouthful of Jolly Ranchers. So call us back when you when you get done with In and Out Burger. Call him, call him Erico 248. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Andrea from Detroit. Andrea from Detroit. What's on your mind? Sorry, it sounds like it. I don't know if that's my phone or blog talk, but it's kind of breaking up. But I was calling because I uh, I spoke to Rashida Tlaib. She's our U.S. representative um, about, you know, what she's been writing this past year. She had a fundraiser or some sort of event about two blocks down from me. So I went ahead and went and I asked her, you know, about reparations, of course. And I asked her specifically about an anti-black uh, crime bill, hate crime bill, um, because I was like, the Asians got it. You know, like everything we've always been saying. And basically this, I don't want to say B word, but <laughs> basically was like, well, just keep praying on it. Basically, I don't need you because I have enough black support. And I, I just want to know, is there a way that I can shift her black support so that they can see what she truly is, which is not for the people? Well, not for black people, at least, in a city of which is 80% black. Well, like I say, I mean, this is all the more reason why I was saying to the brother there that, you know, Jason, how can we do more than just financially support 
everybody's got to be able to do their part of it. When these folks look up and they see billboards and they have people talking and even in the internet space, you know, eventually it's going to be important to have individuals talking in the cities that they're in. I'm not from a major metropolitan area, but we don't really have anybody who is. I mean, you got Tariq, you know, um, but, you know, as far as the major cities and things like that, for those of you, if these are things you're concerned about, like I said, you got to deal with it by hand. And it's going to be a long-term work. It's going to be a long-term work. It's not something you can just do in six months. You can't just put up two tweets and, and, and change a, a, a pop political persuasion. It's not the way it works. So if this is what you're serious about, then you are going to have to deal with it on all levels. Now, she's got a communication apparatus in place. How about yours? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly don't have that at, at all. I'm that, angry that I want to create one. Right, <laughs> and that's what they are counting on. Explain this to me. As well. They're counting Why on... This right see, now, here's I'm the problem with getting angry. Okay? This is what he's the problem with getting angry is that that's what they we count on because that's called venting. Nobody can get angry and stay the same type of anger. You know, stroke down and do but nobody does that. Basically, so what they're looking for, own, and then eventually you get angry, and then it burns itself the out, and then you go back to work or whatever again, and, and it subsides. Yeah, in your area. Uh, what what they're looking about. for is whether or not you're going to become strategic. You don't have to be the most articulate person. I tell people this all the time. I've been hearing about my voice since roughly about the age of 12 or 13. That's great. That's wonderful. That's nice. You don't have to have my voice to have a voice. The folks out here screwing things up don't have a voice like mine. The folks out here screwing every damn thing up don't have a voice like mine. So what I'm saying is, you don't have, I said this over a decade ago, you don't have to wait for Jason Black. You don't have to wait for yeah, any of us. Good, but that's why if gone. you are serious about this and you're about that life, then but you pick up your sword and your shield and you get to work on it. But, she's saying she but just there. understand, they've got they their media apparatus. They've got their media. I remember they that. They got theirs. I'm saying, They're counting on you not having one. There's a real difference. I did She's already communicated to the people so, she's talking to. What, what she you got to have a way to now. communicate to them, too. Yeah. Otherwise, what are you saying? It's just not good. Yeah. So you have my free permission to replicate what we've done. Just gibberish. Yeah. We need as much of this. Okay. We need as, much, as many people as possible. You don't have to ask for a permission slip. You might figure That's out a way to do it better than we did. You might figure out a way to do it better than we did. Like I say, here at the Black Channel and things, we started that years ago with Sheena Howard and other folk out there. Then cut the check as a hashtag a decade later. I'm successful in terms of two years. But um, then you got folk like, you know, Nicole. She's another one. She's not near the magnitude of the rest of us as far as, you know, followers or whatever. But that woman single-handedly made, uh, made, you know, Bill Cosby her cause celebrity, single-handedly she did. Single-handedly. She didn't wait for a permission slip. She didn't wait for any of us to give her confirmation or whatever. She dug in and did that on her own. I mean, she was the little engine that could. And when it was over, when the man got let out, she was the first place folk were looking to. So what I'm saying is, Folks don't really have an excuse in that regard. If you really do want to be a force to be reckoned with, you got options. But you're going to have to prove that this isn't 
just you being irate on a random Saturday. You're going to have to prove that this is something you are 10 toes down and you're all the way about. This is not okay. something you're going to okay. fix with a tweet, one or two tweets, and then the election's over. This is going to, it took decades to create this. This is going to have to be a steady drumbeat. And you're going to have to look past the individuals you currently see. That's another thing. You're going to have to be disciplined. Politicians come and go. The agenda of white supremacy remains the same. Keisha Bottom B is no longer the mayor of Atlanta. The agenda is still in place. Uh, Andrew Cuomo right. is no longer the governor of New York. The agenda is still in place. Lori Lightfoot, whether she wins or loses the election here in the spring, hopefully loses on her ass. No matter who takes office next, we got to deal with them. Remember, Anita Alvarez was the district attorney in Cook County. She gets out the way. Here comes Kim Fox. Now be damned if the beat don't go on. But we were already on her ass before she came into office. So we were able to put the lashes on her coming in the door. So that's what I'm saying. You gotta, you can't, you might get motivated by one politician, but you cannot stay fixated on it. Because that agenda's that agenda tends to be very, very sticky sticking around. So even if you were to remove her from office tomorrow, you do realize the machine would simply try to grab somebody who, the same to replace her with. So you have to concentrate your firepower on the machine, not a person. It just seems so hopeless because, like, Duggan is corrupt. You can see him from a mile away. He's done the same thing Kwame did, but he didn't get RICO charges on him. Um, you know, we have Kim Worthy, who's not worth the paper she's printed on, and, you know, a police force that's 50% white in a city that's 80% black. Yes, but who's, our, okay, but, okay, uh, okay, okay. all right, what you're doing is you're whining, okay. respectfully. Okay. What you're doing is whining because what you're doing is running down a laundry list of the things you don't like, and they're self-evident. After you finish that laundry list of things, and I'm in Louisiana, and I know all this you just said. And like my first documentary, 7 a.m., talked about going from Kwame Kilpatrick to Duggan. And there have been some changes under Duggan, but ultimately they're intended to improve white folks' lot. I did more in Detroit than the folk who lived there did. I, I put up billboards that said Detroit is being gentrified. Yeah. Detroit, you are the front line. Race war. I did that in Detroit. Uh, Y'all saw I, I got interviews with radio stations after I did that. I had to come from Louisiana to put in the work because it didn't have competent operatives in Detroit to do that. A bunch of complaining isn't really the thing. If there's a message that ain't getting out, Y'all got to get organized for a message. And that's the kind of thing that frustrates folk like me is that, wait a minute, why do I got to parachute in from Louisiana to call out Andrew Cuomo? Why do I have to parachute in from Louisiana to call out uh, Mike Duggan when folk live, the folk who live there? How is it that I'm so supernatural that I was able to do that? The folk who live there weren't doing that. So what I'm saying is if you want to take control of a conversation, you can. I've been talking to the folks up there at those radio stations in Detroit and Chicago and the rest of them. It's, it's in my archive on YouTube. I talked to them. And what I'm telling you is these are not, these are not academic scholars. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. Yes, I was on 9, 10 a.m. These are not scholars right. in that way. 
Uh, it doesn't take a whole lot to become a competent operative. Right. But you've got to stop just running down the list of things that are wrong because that's well, called venting. After we finish running down the list, what we going to do? Well, right now, our voices are not being heard, understood. What can we do to get our voices heard? What can we do? Do we need to buy a billboard? Do we need to buy radio time? Do we need to start an a, a internet broadcast of our own? Turn that spare bedroom you got into a studio? So you can start talking about these things? Do you need to go places and start uh, running into politicians and record yourself? Because like you're saying, you talked to that woman. Did you record? And I assaulted her back calling her apartment was small. No, I didn't like I should have. There you go. Because she called him fat. Jason, you were being, Jason, you're being rude because you're telling her that she's venting. I, I, this is a teaching moment. I don't have hours and hours to talk to you all. I got to get right to the point. This is a teaching moment. Understand something. There's a reason why Marcel and other people were relevant because they, when they confronted these people, they recorded it and gave us something that we could take to the masses. You see, that's counter-programming. Not just commenting on it, but you bring in facts that you're not getting. Because all you're telling us is take my word for it. This is what the woman said. And she can come right back and say, no, I didn't say that. She's misremembering it. When we confronted James Clyburn, we brought you all evidence. Sandwich. Why y'all over here with me? We brought you evidence. And all he could say was HR 40. We brought the goods. And that's what we started beating them with. And now he doesn't want to run for office anymore. That's what we started beating them with. Same thing with, 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 with all the rest of them there. So that's what I'm saying. We didn't wait for somebody to bring something to us. So if you all, if if you're going to go to war, you got to be war ready. If you're going to encounter politicians, you have to encounter them. Not sitting up here saying, well, can I meet them? You got to have an agenda in place. Hey, I'm coming to them to get intel that I'm going to bring back so I can disseminate. That's what we need. If you wish to be a competent operative, if you're going to go meet these people, if you really want to change something, then start becoming a competent operative. And whatever they're saying or doing, you get in there. Come back with the goods so you can put it online. You can disseminate it to other people. That's how you change the message. That's how you ch- You want to win a communication war? Start recording what the hell was said. We got cell phones that can record anything everywhere. And there's no reason for a politician to say anything is off code that isn't getting caught. There's no reason for it. So if you want to know what you can do, start there. Start there. Okay. Thank you very much for giving us a call tonight. And no, I want to make sure this sticks in her head there. Don't focus on venting because head. venting comes and goes. If right. you really want to change things, you got to be able to get the goods. You have to be able to record that. When I did my documentaries, I went to the places. I showed you what was happening in Newton, Georgia. I showed you how be damned it looked like Baghdad. They had so many... Uh, Bearcats and armored vehicles sitting around. Looked like downtown Fallujah at the height of the insurrection. When I went to Unite the Right 2, I brought you all back videos showing you. It was about half a dozen of them showed up. 
a thousand police officers and only half a dozen white supremacists and white supremacist sympathizers. I'm just going to come over there and tickle your ass. And I brought you back the goods. I brought back the goods. That's my point. So if you want to combat somebody who is giving out phony false communication, you got to have a counter to it. The rest of you don't have to speak the way I do. Hell, it's being able to get footage is worth 10 broadcasts for me. Because your footage might be so good that you wind up getting us commenting about it. And I attribute people. I don't sit up here and use folks' videos and use people's pictures and don't attribute it. If I use it, if I know who it was, if I can attribute it to somebody, I'm going to say who it was. I'm going to say who it was. And if you get a track record for being able to do that kind of thing, that, that's how you earn your bones. That's also how you change a national conversation. Call from Eric code 817. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, yes, sir. My name is Kendall. I'm calling from Houston. Uh, Kendall from Houston. What's on your line? Yes, sir. Uh, uh, first, I just want to say it's my first time calling, but I do appreciate uh, everything you've done and I appreciate your message. But I was like one of the calls that called earlier. He was a little bit upset about how they were just, you know, talking about the new black media. But eventually, I did realize like they're taking L's. Like, they are understanding they're mentioning you guys because they know they can't do anything about it because they've been full of bs this whole time so it's just it's good to see that there you say you normally say that the corporate you know the corporate structures don't acknowledge that when you're winning but they are acknowledging that you're winning so that's always good to hear well they they don't acknowledge when you're winning but they damn sure perk up when they're losing they're okay if both of us are losing but they're, they're okay if, uh, if they're winning and we're losing, but if they realize they're losing, it's like, oh, wait a minute now. Oh, no, 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 no. So, yeah, they've tried a decade of trying to ignore our existence, and all we I told you all then, I'm glad they're ignoring it. Because we were doing, and in many ways, we're, we can move like we need to move when they're not doing that. What they're letting us know now is that they're going to try to start making it, you know, more focused, that they recognize and realize exactly who it is, but they don't really know how to hit back. That's the problem. They don't really know how to hit back because the problem is all they have are individuals who have no street credibility. Michael Eric Dyson has no street credibility. Mark Lamont Hill has no street cred. So they need somebody who can go at us, but they don't have anybody who's got real street cred. That's where they're failing. You can give Van Jones $100 billion. $100 billion cannot buy credibility. And they're finding out the hard way. They just have a stable of useless operatives. That's a hell of a bad position to be in. You need to be able to rally the troops, and your troops are the damn meat Keystone cops. Thank you very much for giving us a call. Let me get called Mary Code 843. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where you coming from? Hello, Jason. How are you? What is your name? Where you calling from? My name, um, this is from Marcel, Greg Marcel Dixon, calling from Ridgeland. Oh, okay, Carolina. Marcel. I didn't recognize your voice on the phone, brother. What's on your mind? That's okay. I'm yeah. be 843 yeah, area code, that, that, too, as a matter of fact. I didn't recognize the area code either. I'm thinking, wait a minute, where's that coming from? All right, uh, 
Yeah, I sometimes call from a Savannah, Georgia um, number, but this is my South Carolina number. And I wanted to speak of the lady that was on, what she said resonated with me. I felt that same frustration and anger. But I want to let our people know, it's good for us to practice group economics. It's good for us to get involved in media and call people out and organize. But the best thing we need to do is run for office. They bank on us being politically apathetic. They know what we don't seem to really realize yet, that every group has gotten wealth and protection from being in power and having access to power. We are the only group that does not have any quality representation. We may have black faces in office, but they're not giving us representation. But we know that one the conversation is going to be like in every state when this happens can you imagine how the conversation in those states are going to turn on a dime literally nobody's going to be talking about religion politics or nothing else they are going to be talking about our experience and our identity as the descendants of slaves who built this country in America and what we, where we're supposed to be at and why we're not there. Just understand, just even if you start that legislation, that's going to start and it, that starts a tsunami of a discussion. That alone is going to be tremendous. Even for the people who attempt to dispute it and try to fight against it, just getting that started starts a tsunami of a discussion where you start talking about these things from 720 degrees folks are going to start digging up records to try to exonerate themselves because we will not just stop with the state we will also look at the individual institutions and there's going to be a whole bunch of institutions that are going to attempt to cover it up and you see, then we get to talk about places like Wilmington. You get to start talking about Wilmington, North Carolina and what happened there. Then you get to talk about Rosewood. You get to start talking about what happened there. Folks are gonna start to try to dig I up records so. and try to exonerate themselves. Try to say, wait a minute, it didn't happen like that. We've been trying to get those records for hundreds of for, uh, dozens and dozens of years. But that's how you imagine the conversation is gonna be set off and it's gonna sweep everything else off the page. Hey Alexa. Think about that for a few moments. It's going to be a scramble. For people trying to prove they qualify, for people trying to prove they shouldn't pay, for people trying to prove that they should hold on what they got. Think about that for a few moments. This goes beyond just cutting the check. This changes a statewide or international dialogue. It changes everything. All of a sudden, that becomes the agenda because a whole bunch of folks are going to be like, wait a minute now, we shouldn't have to pay. And now it, this is the struggle. This is what the hell we need. So just think about it from that standpoint alone, just starting the ball rolling at this is going to have all kinds of repercussions. Your TV stations, your radio stations, your cable news outlets, your bloggers. Think about that for a moment. They start cutting checks in California. Tim Cook, Joe Rogan, remember he used to live there? We can go down the damn list. Everybody in their mama is going to be talking about that. Boom, move over to New York City. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. 
biggest media market in America. Channel 2, Channel 7, WABC, go down the list. It sweeps everything else off the board. That becomes the conversation. What I'm telling you about is just the tsunami of conversation about that alone and sussing this out and talking about how Facebook and Google and Twitter and the rest of them need to pay their high-tech reparations because this is not simply about a cash check for the things they want to document. All these other folks here who've been benefiting off of penalizing the descendants of slaves, oh no, all of y'all got to cut yours too. You got to cut yours too. Then that starts a different discussion. That starts a different discussion. So I just want you all to understand this is a whole lot bigger than just saying you want reparations. This starts a communication echoes chamber. And I'm telling you, it's an echo chamber that is going to reverberate so loudly and so strongly that it's going to shake the foundations of the world. Just that discussion about what's happened to us, because for the better part of the last century, your communication apparatus has focused on the Jewish Holocaust. And then it talks about us as a secondary thing. I do not fault Jewish people for putting a spotlight on what happened to them. They're supposed to do that. But we're supposed to put a spotlight on what happened to us because we built the country that they could flee to. And because of our work, they couldn't be penalized here despite uh, Henry Ford and other people with who were the titans of their day. But because of our work and our blood, and our enslavement and our fighting for freedom, they had a place to come to. Those who weren't slave owners already, those who were fleeing oppression found a country that protected people who were fleeing oppression because it didn't exist before we came out of chains. It didn't exist. You, were, you had American Nazis just like you had German Nazis. It didn't exist. And we've never gotten the protections that we have helped to afford to other people. So yes, the spotlight needs to be on us. Time to put that spotlight on us. Time for us to go through all the records. Talk about the highway and the freeway acts. Time to go through all those. Yeah, you can start making your TV shows, your documentaries, your movies, your miniseries, your cable TV specials. Hell yeah, it's time to go ahead and start evening that out and balancing that out to let folk know it wasn't just chattel slavery. There wasn't just one black Wall Street, Greenwood, Archer, and Pine. There wasn't just one incident. It wasn't just a couple of years of lynching. It wasn't just one or two black neighborhoods that got run over by the freeways. The freeways were systematically plotted out for the purposes of destroying black neighborhoods. Systematically. The Levittown agendas. That destroying the wealth of the descendants of the slaves was, Amer was and is American fiscal policy. 
We need to go through all the records so we can go ahead and dig that up. Yes, let's kick off that conversation. So don't look at this one-dimensionally. I know you all have never thought of it like that before. Don't look at this one-dimensionally. This is not one-dimensional. This is not one-dimensional. This is a four-dimensional architecture. It doesn't just occupy three dimensions. It occupies time and space. Wrapped up into one occurring in our present dynamic, the past is the present. So recognize when I say reparations across the board, now you understand what I'm saying and what I mean. And if you get this ball rolling, it starts a conversation that nobody can ignore. It becomes the agenda. You know why? Because then they're going to say, well, could it happen here? We're in Alabama. Could it happen here? Damn right it can, and it will. University of Alabama, you become a billion-plus-dollar institution on the backs of young black men who were bred, physically bred to be superior specimens. Nick Saban is rich, and these young men have to take a vow of poverty. So the administrators and Nick Saban get to be filthy damn rich, but the young men who are still slaving for them have to take a vow of poverty. Yeah, we need to discuss reparations. You're not doing this to them because they're black. You're doing this because they're the descendants of the slaves. You're doing that because of their lineage to maintain the status quo. Yes, blackness is a given, but that's not our argument. Our argument is our lineage. We understand the racial reasons for it. I'm saying our argument is our lineage. You targeted a specific lineage for exploitation. Well, we could have brought over other immigrants for that. Well, you didn't, but you didn't. But you didn't. So we gonna start here. Call from Erico 602. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name, where you calling from? Hey, good evening, Jason. My name is Craig. I'm calling from Phoenix, Arizona. I just wanted to, in regard to reparations, share one of the most uh, profound works that I've come across. It's called From Here to Equality, Reparations for Black Americans in the 21st Century by Dr. William Darity and Christian Muller. And I think that uh, your audience would uh, gain a lot of benefit uh, if they read that book. Well, definitely, definitely what they need to do here is beyond just reading books, because I'm, I'm, uh, I, I seen an interview with Umar, and he was propping up in Cobra, and I'm, I'm, I got to tell y'all, I'm very, because Darity was running around with the, the square mouth and mush, mush mouth and square jaw, and thank you very much for giving us a call. Sounds like he's clearing out his attic. Um, like I say, uh, Darity was running around with them, and he didn't like some of the things that I had to say in particular. So whether or not he's turned over a new leaf since then, you got some convincing to do for me. You have some convincing to do for me. Darity was running around with square jaw and mush mouth. Now, I'm not certain that he's still mobbed up with them, but there's going to be some convincing that would have to be done there for me. Need more people. I, I had to be convinced. But... I'm going to tell you one thing, bringing these old people into the room 
bringing these old dudes into the room. And, uh, it's going to take a lot of convincing to get me to, to I'm not going to just let any old, old person into the room. I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Don't, don't, I'm not looking for a way to open up the door to bring in the old folk. I'm not doing it. Caller from Miracle 323, you're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? What are you calling from? Good evening, big brother. <coughs> Black. This is Brother Elijah calling out of Brooklyn, New York. All right, Elijah out of Brooklyn, what's on your mind? Um, big brother, I got two statements, and I got a, um, a serious question in regards to reparations, big brother. All right, the first statement, Mark Lamont, you big dummy Hill, should not be speaking for us. He is a non-SBA anchor baby. He's Jamaican and Croatian. Not my words, those are his words. All right. Also, I don't even I don't even consider Michael Eric Dumbass a peer of yours. All right. He is um fell before he even got there. All right. He's always been saying some stupid stuff. All right. My uh, my question now is this. Will there be a serious backlash when we get reparations? That's my question. A backlash that looks any different from the backlash we're getting now? Yes, sir. No. No, it will not. I mean, it, it will be just another day in America. It'll be just another day. Yo, we, we, we're getting backlash now. We've been getting it. It will be just another, it will be business as usual. It'll be business as usual. Now, what you will have is a more contentious conversation. You will have white supremacists mobilized. You will have a bunch of other folks squatting up mostly against us. But I, I submit to you, how is that different from any other day? You had, well, white folk go take to the streets. They took to the streets in Charlottesville. They took to the streets in, in you know, um, in Wisconsin, where Rittenhouse, they, they, how is that different from any other day? We got to go from a position of saying, is folks going to come at us to a position of come with it? Come out with it or don't come out. We have to come at things from that position. We got to. Yes, sir. Brother Amos used to talk. Amos Wilson used to talk about that when he said, "You know, we got, we got, we can't be sitting around worrying about that. We have to be looking at things from a position of how of understanding that there's going to be a backlash, no matter what. That we live in a culture of backlash. So we're not sitting yes, around sir. trying to identify the next source or whatever. You got to keep your head on swivel, and you have to assume you are in a culture of backlash. Be prepared." Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, and um, big brother, um, just to add to this, um, what I was gonna say, Stephen Hornsford, he is Trinidadian because uh, Professor Black Truth covered that in um uh, his immigrant um Black Caucus. All right, he covered that three years ago, so he is Trinidadian, and that's all I was saying. I'm gonna lay my claim there. Be one. Thank you very much for giving us a call here tonight. Like I say, don't don't run around worrying about who doesn't like you. Nobody likes you. Don't sit around worried about who's got an axe to grind. Everybody got an axe to grind. Assume that everybody got one because they do. 
Now that you understand this, you can move accordingly. But no, you can't slack off. You can't take it easy. You can't assume anything. Assume that everybody has got something for you. Assume it. Assume it. Period. Now you know. Now you know how you mean, need to move. Stop, stop sitting up here asking if it's going to happen. Your job, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Be ready. It is what it is. It is what it is. Just assume that's going to be the case. Assume that. Let me tell y'all something right now. I'm of a mind that anywhere I go in this country, I got my eyes and my ears open. I got my eyes and my ears open. Let me tell y'all something. Are y'all like me? Are you like me? Shout out to Andrea Roberson in the super chat. Appreciate you, babe. Are you like me? When I go to the gas station, dude, when I walk up to the pump, I, I choose a pump that's on the outside. I choose one that's not near a car. I'm telling you what the deal is. When I go to the gas station, I choose a pump that's on the outside. I choose one that's not near a bunch of other cars. So ain't nobody behind me. I can look to the left. I can look to the right. And I can see who's on the other side of the pumps in front of me. Baby, that's the way I fill up my gas tank. That's the way I fill up my gas tank all day, every day. When I travel across this country, love me a Flying Jays or a Bucky. You got a bunch of pumps. I'm that big black thing with the big chrome grill and the big chrome wheels on the outside pump you saw. That's me. That's me out there. When I go to a restaurant, oh, I'm going to tell y'all exactly how I move. I'm like, damn me, Billy the Kid and Wyatt Earp and whoever else. Baby, when they ask me, would you like a table or a booth? A booth, please. I can get you one right here. No, baby, put me back there. Don't put me up here near the front. Put me back there. I don't want anything behind me. People, do you want me to be honest about the way I move? I'll be honest with you about the way I move. Don't put me in it. I've got my eyes and my ears open. Folks were sitting in the damn Waffle House in Antioch, Tennessee, and the gunman came in. They're sitting at a church in Charleston, South Carolina, and the gunman came in. They're sitting at a Kroger's in Texas, and the gunman came in. It is what it is. Right, Queen Sugar, like Jesse James. It is what it is. I need to see everything that's going on. I need to see everything that's going on. Don't sit me on no table by the front damn door. I need room. I need room. Ain't going to tell you what I need room for. All I'm telling you is the restaurant, I brought the candy. I need room. If it's about to jump off, I need room. I'm watching everybody coming in. Men, women, little old ladies. You never know when it's coming, when it's going down. Don't put me by no window. Don't put me by a window. You go to some place like Olive Garden, Red Lobster, some place like that. They got them low ass windows, perfectly suited for somebody to drive a damn car through it. Don't put me by no window. Don't put me by a window. Can't do it. 
Not unless the parking lot is already full. And even then, I'm, I'm watching. All right, they walking out of their car. Let's see if they get in their car and leave and nothing else. No, they ain't got to bring me them little chocolate mints. I'm like, I already brought my chocolate. I already brought mine. I already brought mine. It is what it is. Y'all really want to hear how Jason Black travels the country? Won't talk about internationally. You want to hear about how I travel the country? That's how I get down. Anywhere and everywhere. I'm watching where I'm at 24-7. I'm not saying that that makes me invincible. I didn't say that. What I'm saying is I try to do my due diligence. I try to do my due diligence. I go everywhere with that expectation. When police cars get behind me, first thing I think is, here we go. Here we go. Let me see what's going on. Let me see what's going on, because I know I ain't speeding. I told y'all about, do you realize I have never, I've only been pulled over maybe once in my life for allegedly speeding. The other 10 times had no speeding. I'm like, oh, what the hell am I getting pulled over for? We thought we saw you go off the road a little bit. Really? Oh, we, you, you're in the inside lane for too long. Really? So every time I turn around, you, you got to keep your head up, eyeballs open, Assume that somebody out there thinks this is their moment. Assume that somebody out there thinks this is their moment, that they caught you off guard, they caught you slipping. Assume that that's the moment. No, there's going to be distance between me and anybody else. If you come at me, you're going to have to take a few steps to get there. You ain't going to be sitting right next to me. No, back on up. I don't talk to anybody. I don't make no conversation. If I'm someplace and they start conversation, let me go ahead and take two, three steps over. That's it. If you stay in that position, is let me tell y'all something. America's Most Wanted, I remember it was a white man on America's Most Wanted. He killed his wife or whatever. They had been chasing him for like 15, 20 years had never been able to catch him. Finally, he had gone off somewhere. He made a whole new life with this woman. Folks, he put liquid Band-Aids on his fingers. His wife knew this. She had been married. His new wife knew this. He she had been married to him for years. He put liquid Band-Aids on his fingers, and he didn't throw out any garbage. He demanded to burn all the garbage. He did that for years and years and years. Liquid band-aids on his fingers, if y'all remember what that was, and he would not throw away any garbage. He demanded to burn all their garbage. He wouldn't go out to eat because he was always concerned about fingerprints and DNA. He was, I think he worked for some company delivering papers or something like that at one point, but he was always concerned. I might be mixed up because he wasn't the only one. I actually might be conflating them because he wasn't the only one. But the one I'm talking about, he put liquid, uh, liquid band-aids on his fingers and was demanding to burn the garbage. 
And she knew this for years and years and then finally dropped a tip about it. And when the police were on to him, they were like, it took us forever. It took us forever to be able to confirm who he was because he would throw away everything. Um, no, he wouldn't throw away anything. If he went and bought something, if he got a can, he never threw out his cigarettes. He had made it his routine that you throw away nothing, you burn everything. I ain't telling you to become a fugitive, but what I am telling you is that vigilance is the only reason he was free for how many decades he was. I'm just saying that type of vigilance can serve the law-abiding community the way it serves the law-breaking community. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Folks, when I go somewhere, I'm assuming it's maybe it's because I'm from Louisiana. Some of y'all from California and Florida, some of these vacation states. Y'all want to sit here and get laid back. Let me tell you something. Y'all folks from Central and South Florida, y'all better start kicking it with the niggas from Northern Florida. Y'all can call that Southern Alabama if you want to. Tallahassee, stand up. Jacksonville, stand up. You can tell the difference between the neighborhoods and the cars when you get up there. Some of y'all niggas down there in the vacation parts, y'all better start kicking it with the folks up there in the panhandle and in them real parts, the ones who are nearer them Southern Confederate states. You better start kicking it with them. Y'all sitting up here trying to figure out how to get laid back and get to the beach and take it easy and whatnot. The rest of them folks is ready. The rest of them folks is ready. In Orlando, I guess if you ain't near Disney, I guess if you ain't kicking it near Disney, I guess okay. I guess if you ain't near Disney. Man, look here. Better be ready. Better be ready. California, y'all better start looking at either Southern LA or Oakland, the real parts that's left. The real parts of Oakland is left. And then gentrified the rest of it. They done gentrified the rest of it. Keep your eyes and your ears open. It's not rocket science. And see, that's stressful. I understand that. That's stressful. That's hella stress on you. That's why we got post-traumatic slave disorder. It's stressful. It's stressful to be in an environment where you're constantly under the gun. It is what it is. It is what it is. What you want me to tell you? To lie to you? It is what it is. You in occupied territory. You got to move like you're in occupied territory. You have no human rights. You got to move like you understand you have no human rights. Keep your eyes and your ears open. I remember the first time I bought my last vehicle. Boy, I never had so many folk walk up to me talking about that sure is a nice truck. I'm like, I know it is. Random white folk, that sure is a nice truck. That's great and everything. That's cool. Never got that much attention before. And you hope everybody's going to mind their manners. But just in case, just in case you got a Dylan Roof who runs up or Peyton Gendron. Hey, I thought we built systems in place to snare you. You don't look like a professional athlete or a rapper. How'd you buy that thing? 
allowed you by that. So I'm just saying stay ready. Just assume it and stay ready. Stop trying to walk off the field. The game ain't over. Stay ready and teach your kids to stay ready. You stay ready and you teach your kids to stay ready. That's what you do. Anywhere and everywhere. How, how many of y'all are like me? If you're like me, give me the hand up emoji in the chat room. If y'all are like me and that's the way you get down when you go to the restaurant, it's back to the booth. Sitting in the back of the restaurant, back to the booth. When you go to the gas station, left, right, other side of the pump. If you like me, give me the hand up emoji in the <laughs> chat room. Or maybe it's just me. I might be by myself. I might be by myself. Might be by myself. I might be the only one. When you get to the checkout line at Whole Foods or Kroger's or whatever, I don't like going if there's a long line of people. Let me tell y'all, I'm that nigga. I'll sit up here and circle the whole damn store two or three times until that line whittles down. When I go through the checkout thing, Walmart or something, I want to make sure I can go straight to the cash, straight to the uh, self-checkout, put my things through and go. I'm not going to sit here in line with a bunch of people in front of me and a bunch of people behind me, and here comes the damn gunman. Now you got me stuck between these damn pallets of cheese puffs and grandma's buggy over here. Hell no. Hell no. No. I'm going in like, wait a minute, how could this go wrong? You ain't. I'm not going to get boxed in anywhere. I'm not going to get boxed in anywhere. Not going to do it. If, if the situation don't look right, I don't sit there and just, well, I hope it be okay. Man, I'm not getting boxed in nowhere. Not at all. And that's a, that can be a stressful damn way to live. That can be stressful to live. It can also be stressful to die. <laughs> Look, here's the way I see it. If they get me, they gonna have to work for it. it. Look, if they get me, they gonna have to work to get that. They gonna be like, man, nigga, you made it hard on us. Boy, we've been chasing you around for a minute. The, the damn gas station, you, 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 you kept, you kept swerving us there you, at the restaurant. We thought we had you one time. You kept swerving it there, man. Especially the checkout boy. Streets is you. I'm not walking in a different America. I'm in the same damn one you in. I'm in the same one you in. And if you want to know how I move, that's how I do it. That's how I do it. I'm not asking or requiring anything of you that I'm not living under. I'm, I'm behind enemy lines. I'm in occupied territory. I'm behind enemy lines. I don't know what to tell you. By the way, if Mark Lamont Hill and Michael Eric Dyson were talking like this, maybe they still have their credibility intact. Maybe. If you are new here to the Black Channel, welcome to the Haven of Intelligent Black Thought. We do this every weekend. Click that red subscribe button. Click that yellow notification bell. 
Join us each and every time we're here. And if you haven't been to our website, blackchannelfilms.com, you want to go and check out our groundbreaking, best-selling documentary work, 7 a.m., Gentrified, Race War, all available on DVD and streaming. Go to blackchannelfilms.com. That is blackchannelfilms.com. I want to thank all of you for joining us here tonight. Thank you to everyone who has contributed to support tonight's program on PayPal, Cash App, or Super Chat. We'll be here tomorrow night. Same Black Time, same Black Channel. And this concludes tonight's broadcast of the Black Channel. I am your host, your brother, your humble servant, the Black Authority. And until next time, my brothers and my sisters from around the world, remember, Black is the future, and the future is uncompromising.